Moncrief on News Talk. It's become a bit of a thing on social media where people share their diet, specifically what they eat in the course of a day. Gwyneth Paltrow did it recently and outlined how she eats well, not very much. Have a listen to this. What's your wellness routine look like now? I eat dinner early in the evening. I do a nice intermittent fast. I usually eat something about 12. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the morning, I'll have some things that won't spike my blood sugar, right? So I I have coffee, but I really like soup for lunch. Um, I have bone broth for lunch a lot of the days. Try to do one hour of movement. So I'll either take a walk or I'll do Pilates or I'll do my Tracy Anderson. And then I get in the sauna. I dry brush and I get in the sauna. So I do my infrared sauna for 30 minutes. And then for dinner, I try to eat, you know, according to paleo. So lots of vegetables. It's really important for me to support my detox. Yes, indeed. It is very important to support your detox. A nice intermittent fast. Mmm, yum. Uh, And as you can also probably uh, gather from that, she made so much time uh, uh, going into the sauna and doing uh, an hour's exercise every day. She doesn't really do any work. Anyway, on the line is Sarah Keogh, who is a dietitian at eatwell.ie. Afternoon, Sarah. Hi, Sean. Uh, This isn't just isn't healthy. No, if that's all she's doing for the day, really missing out on quite a lot. And I think when I see some of these sort of, you know, this is what I eat in a day, I I often cringe because I just, I hate to think there's probably young people listening to that and thinking, you know, I'm eating five times that amount and it's wrong. Whereas you're kind of going, if you're eating five times that amount, fabulous. You're probably getting some, your actual nutrition. Um, And I was looking at some of the other kind of parts of that kind of um, video that she did. And she's taking like IV vitamins. And you're just like, you know, can you not just like eat food? The things she does eat or she says she eats, have those things got sufficient nutrition within them? No, and I mean, in fairness, she she was kind of vague, so you know, there's probably more in the day than that, so we can't really judge just on sort of one video as such. But, you know, the thing I've seen with sort of bone broth coming and going is everyone going, oh, it's so full of vitamins and minerals and all the rest. And um, sure, it's not got any of them in it at all. If you actually look at kind of prop, now, I mean, proper nutritional analysis as opposed to, you know, what someone has just made up, um, there's really, I mean, it's liquid and there's probably a bit of salt in it, but that's kind of about it. So this thing of it being full of vitamins and minerals is just one of those myths that's used to kind of sell it mm. um that might as i remember talking about bone broth one day and my mother goes well, that, that's just stock and i was like yes that's exactly what it is it just gets a fancy new name and you can sell it for more money you know yeah now the, 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 i suppose what might be more concerning about this is that she's made made millions from the whole idea of wellness and this was on a podcast a wellness podcast and that's the problem when we get people talking about nutrition who you know either is selling something or maybe don't have a good background in terms of having an opportunity to study nutrition, what they might talk about, you know, isn't always going to be accurate. Now, plenty of times it is, but I know being on Instagram myself, I do find that you see some very scary stuff. And I think for me, it's okay because I I know what's rubbish. Um, but I think for a lot of people, and when I, you know, I go in, I do a lot of workplace wellness and just the questions people ask and often they're so surprised about, you know, when you say, actually, it is actually okay to eat bread, it's not going to kill you. Um, you know, and there's just so misinformation out there. So I think, you know, particularly someone like Gwyneth, who has made a lot of money with the, the kind of the 
wellness side of things, I think has a responsibility nearly to talk more accurately. And just when I'm looking at what she was talking about is yet again, there's no calcium in what she's eating. And I see a lot of younger people following that idea where they're maybe cutting out dairy or they're cutting out a lot of foods that are really important for calcium and it's missing in people's diets. So, you know, long term, you know, you're not going to die of it this week or next week, but, you know, 15, 20 years from now, your bones can be in serious trouble from that. And I think people are not getting advice on alternatives to dairy and not the amounts for sure with it. Or they have this idea that there's something wrong with taking dairy where, where there isn't. You know, it's mm. absolutely fine. Is this kind of thing? It's not just her. There are many people uh, online oh, yeah. doing this kind of thing. Do they make your job more difficult then? They do and they don't. I mean, it, yes, they can, because sometimes what happens is that for someone who's talking rubbish about nutrition, one of the things they have to do is go, well, the experts don't know this or the experts didn't study this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I got criticized by um, uh, someone one time because they gave out to me because you dietitians only use science. And I kind of wasn't really <laughs> sure where I was supposed to go from that because science, surely yeah. you're just making it up. You know? um, so sometimes then the idea is that if you're the dietitian, you're automatically wrong. Um, yes. But it does. I mean, in fairness, when I do workplace wellness, I actually have good fun because at this stage, you kind of get to know what questions you're going to be asked. And, you know, it's, you know, do we all have to do intermittent fasting and should we all cut out and should we all get food and tolerance tests? And it's lovely for me to go in and educate and say, well, actually, you know, here's the myths. And I do a whole session on nutrition myths, which is always great fun because people are like, they're nearly relieved. And I think for me, it's great that I can go in and do that and people can be relieved. But I then feel sorry for them because they've been quite stressed about food. Mm. And I think sometimes these very restricted diets make people feel guilty about eating or even feel guilty about feeling hungry. You know, that you're supposed to be able to half starve yourself, but we're not built to do that at all. And you have to fuel your body. And we talk about honouring your hunger and that it's OK to do that, you know, which is a crazy thing to have to tell people, you know, yes, if you're hungry, eat something. It's OK. Uh, well, so some intermittent fasting, is it, is it of benefit? It's now intermittent fasting for all the claims that we have on it. What it does is it reduces your calories by around 30%. So it's one other tool. If someone wants is struggling with their weight and they want to lose some weight, you know, if they find it difficult to sort of just reduce portions or maybe snack a little bit less, intermittent fasting is a tool, but it doesn't do any of the magical things. People keep saying to me, oh, it balances blood sugars and insulin. It doesn't. We've studies to show there's no additional benefit to intermittent fasting over any other way of weight loss in terms of balancing blood glucose or anything. It doesn't have any magical powers. It will. It is a tool. It can be useful for some people if it suits them to help manage their weight. Brilliant. But we don't all need to be on it. It's perfectly healthy to eat what we call normally. And I have to say, I love, you know, years ago when I was growing up, everybody had dinner at six o'clock in the evening and didn't eat again till eight o'clock in the morning. We just didn't bother calling it intermittent <laughs> fasting. You yes. know, we just, it was normal. We just didn't sit on the couch eating chocolate all night. Uh, no, and another thing, you know, uh, she used she used the term herself. Uh, Gwyneth did, and lots of people use it. Detoxing. Now, I don't know what oh, toxins might be floating cry. around her system. <laughs> She's smoking cigars in between all all the, all the yoga and Pilates. I don't know. I don't think you can run proper wellness and not scare people that their body is full of toxins. So Mm. I would just say very clearly, if your kidneys are working and your liver is working, your gut is working and your lungs are working, you're detoxing beautifully all day long. Because if your kidneys stop working, you know all about it very quickly. Um, So the only thing that you need to do to help detox is put fibre into your gut and that just helps that keep working. Um, All these juices and cleanses and supplements and all the rest, they're just separating from your money. You know, yeah. eat reasonably well, put plenty of fibre in and stop worrying about it. I think the worry and the stress is going to be worse for you than anything you might be eating. Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners says, I do intermittent fasting, but the intervals only last a few minutes. Uh, that's probably the, uh, the <laughs> healthiest. Ways to do it. Also as well, I mean, in, because, you know, there, there, there are, 
you know, scientifically proven links between these things. But if you if you drastically change your diet or drastically reduce your diet, can it have an effect on your mental health? It, it can. I mean, it depends on what you're doing. So, you know, if you actually cut that you're low in calories, straight away we're going to see, um, now a day or two isn't going to do it. And I'm talking about people getting very restricted, but there's a very famous study that was done in the 1940s called the Minnesota Starvation Study, which you would never get ethical approval to do today. Hmm. But they actually took young men. Now, they, when they say they have starved them, they were on 1,500 calories a day. So let that sink in for a minute. Yeah. A lot of people think that's a normal way of eating. Um, but what they found was that after you know a couple of months, these guys were obsessed with food. They were eating very slowly. They were you know get into really cooking. Um, you know their energy levels were down. Their mood was down. And you're just looking at this effect of just not actually fueling your body. And it's a bit like not fueling your car and thinking it's still going to work perfectly. Um, but what we do as well is when I see people cutting lots of foods out, is they cut out nutrients. And because there's such, you know, the information you might get online isn't always accurate. They don't know they've lost nutrients. Like everyone cutting out dairy doesn't realize they've lost a huge amount of iodine out of their diet. Um, and there, that's going to have an effect on, you know, thyroid and things like that. You know, so when people restrict foods, B vitamins often go. Um, and they're very, very important for your mood. So when I see people on very restricted diets, we are often looking at, you know, where are you in terms of your vitamin B12? Where are you in terms of all of those nutrients? Um, and definitely food has an effect on mood, no doubt about it. So there is that potential to have that huge, huge reduction in how you feel and even just energy levels with it. And I'd say if you're on a way of eating and you're tired and grumpy, you know, rethink. You yeah. know, maybe I said, go in and see a registered dietitian like they're out there. You can actually see people who are qualified in nutrition <laughs> rather than get random advice off the Internet. You know? Sarah, thanks William, for speaking with us today. That is uh, Sarah Keogh there, a registered dietitian, you know, actual science at eatwell.ie. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.